Hello again, everyone. Welcome back to the Bike Walk Wichita monthly podcast. I'm Kim Newfeld, your executive director, and I'm here at Bike Walk Wichita headquarters recording with Amy. Hello, everyone. In this episode, we have an interview with city council member Jared Sorello. We discuss the recent news about the Broadway road diet and upcoming events and volunteer spotlight. Thanks for tuning in and joining us as we talk all things Bike Walk. Some of you may have seen the article from Kansas.com on May 16th about the road diet on Broadway. Ah, uh, yes. Clickbait title. I was a little disappointed with the article, although there was definitely some good information in there. It just seemed like, you know, it was a very brief article yes. so that they really failed to include all of, you know, the past research, the planning mm-hmm. and the community engagement that the city staff have conducted over the past Some, few years. Yeah, but it's been, this has been in the making for many years now. It's not, this isn't a whim. Yeah. It's not anything new. In fact, it goes back even to 2010. Broadway already has one of the city's highest rates of people walking and biking. And that's not going to change anytime soon. No. With the makeup. And so the car-centric language of this article, uh, just, it, it really felt out of touch. I just believe that Adding marked dedicated lanes to safely separate all users, you know, it just makes sense. Right. Creating that space for all road users to have a predictable way to interact. That's definitely something that we need to promote. The article also talks about the Mount Vernon road diet that went in, which is a great thing for that neighborhood. And I will say, works wonderful. I live there around that area, use it all the time, and no longer have issues with vehicles because we all have our own space. Yeah, it, it's been wonderful for that neighborhood. But as for talking about Broadway, I would really like to kind of compare it to Waco Street. Yeah. Because, I mean, Waco, when it was four lane, like it's hard for me to think back and remember it being a four lane street and just how anxious I was to drive on it. Yes. Because I mean, it was just so skinny and scary. It is. I mean, I, I can think back to that Waco and First Street intersection. Uh, Whether I was driving, riding, or trying to cross it for Riverfest or something else, scary. I mean, the crashes there were all the time. I mean, it was frequent. Yeah, yeah. And just if you were trying to make a left into like Juarez Bakery or something. good luck. Oh my gosh. It was was a very stressful situation. And now that it's a three lane and there's a dedicated turn lane, it is much more welcoming. It is safer. And I, I just, I can't imagine you know, going back to that four lane road. Yeah. And so Broadway, I I want that for Broadway. I want it to be more welcoming. I want it to be safer. And I I can't imagine a business is declining this change when there are so many positive outcomes for them and the community. Well, I know when the city conducted their research and studies that the majority of businesses and residents that they spoke to uh, were definitely in support. So Mm -hmm. hopefully uh, this project can continue forward. Actually, there was a recent study of the Wichita Police Department's crash data by the KU School of Medicine, Wichita, and that study revealed that Broadway is one of the most dangerous roads in the city. No surprise. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Again, just data confirming actual, you know, conditions. Yeah. And it was identified back by the city in 2018 as a priority safety corridor. As we mentioned, all of this has been in the works 
really in a comprehensive approach. Yeah. Um, yeah. We've for, had a lot of brain power on this for a while. Yes. The, uh, there's been several consultants, the city engineers, planning staff. Like I said, they have conducted multiple traffic studies um, and outreach to confirm that transitioning Broadway from four lanes to three lanes with that turn lane will really improve traffic flow, uh, reduce crashes, and provide dedicated space, like we said, for all road users. So uh, as someone who drives Broadway mostly, I mean, that's yeah. mostly how I use it because I would never want to ride it at this point or walk it. I'm in support of all those improvements. I don't want to hit somebody or be involved in, in a crash. Right. So it's just, it makes sense. It does. And I'm ready for them to get started on it like tomorrow. Yes. So it was a little disappointing to see the Wichita Eagles article just not really take into account all the work and research that has gone into and the support for the project. So let us know and let City Council know how you feel about this project. You can find the links to the documents, the research that I that we've mentioned, and a link to email your council members in the show notes below. So, Amy, we've had such a great time during Bike Month, even though it was one of our wettest Bike Months. Yes, uh, we yes. kind of just had that feeling going in. May has has definitely become kind of a dreary, rainy month. It has, uh, but we were able to successfully hold the McCormick Neighborhood Bike Walk Social. Yes, and we had a blast. You know, we had two dozen kids that came and adopted bikes with helmets. They got to ride the Bike Jam Safety Course. Uh, and I just want to say special thanks to the West Side Church of God, to our neighborhood connector, Chris Stark, whose idea this was, and to Sedgwick County Commissioner Sarah Lopez, City of Wichita staff Rebecca Fields, and District 4 DAB member Jonathan McRoy, and all of our awesome volunteers who came out and really helped make that event that day a success. So we made really great relationships within the neighborhood. It was a lot of fun, even in spite of the wind. Right. In Kansas. That's wonderful. So our upcoming events, though, we are super stoked about our June 5th event called ICT Field Day, which will be outdoors at the Wichita Boathouse in the Waterwalk area. Um, you can find tickets and details online at ictfieldday.com. The link is below. And uh, basically, this is a time to come outside with your friends. Um, mm -hmm. There will be some field games. I mean, it's kind of like middle school field day right? Uh, meets Riverfest meets open streets yeah. uh, with some friends and booze. Uh, it should be a good time. Yeah, that sounds great to me. And I'm excited. We've got the women's and men's rugby team coming and, oh, and all word. sorts of boxing, martial arts, all sorts of yoga vendors coming out. So you can connect with all these different local kind of mm -hmm. healthy physical activity organizations and clubs. So... Make sure uh, you put June 5th on your calendar. In addition, Riverfest will be collaborating with them. That is right over yeah. that exact weekend. So come out Friday, June 4th at noon. We'll have a downtown history walk. Mm -hmm. So if you work downtown, come out for your lunch break. Right. Take a walk with us. Um, get out for some air. Then June 5th, that day we'll also have a slow roll at 4 p.m. And then on June 6th, we will have another downtown history walk on that Sunday for those of you that want to come out in the afternoon and hear some great history about Wichita's downtown area. That's kind of the fun for that weekend. That's a lot of fun in a weekend. June 19th is Juneteenth at McAdams Park, and we'll have a table there. We can't wait to meet with our Northeast neighbors and learn about walking and biking in their neighborhood. So yeah. I hope you come out and join us. 
Yes, Juneteenth is a ton of fun. I'm glad we will uh, be back there again this year. And then, of course, June 27th is our date for Evergreen. Uh, We had to postpone that from May, so I hope you can come out. We will be out there doing a bike jam from 1.30 to 2.30. And then at 2.30, we will be rolling out with a slow roll around the community, kind of looking at art and history and, and culture there, right in Evergreen. And we will also be partnering with the Young Latino Professionals of Wichita to host an urban hike, doing the same thing in that neighborhood. I am really curious about an urban hike. I am as well. Cecilia promises it will be a lot of fun. So make sure you come on out for those events. We are continuing to add events all the time. So make sure you either subscribe to our Facebook page or follow our calendar on our website because you don't want to miss out. Hi, it's April with Bike Walk Wichita and I'm here with another Mission Moments for you today. Junior is a rambunctious, high-energy, five-year-old little boy with an infectious smile. His father, Wichita resident Chapo Mendoza, heard about the recent McCormick Neighborhood Social that included a bike jam for kids, and he knew he had to bring Junior and his little sister to check it out. He loves bikes, Mendoza said. I recently took him to a kid's BMX bike event and discovered this is something he really enjoys. We've been looking to get him into a non-contact sport, so this is awesome. Bike Walk Wichita volunteers wasted no time pairing Junior with a bike and a helmet before he raced off to the bike jam. Once he was on the course, it was ear-to-ear grins from Junior and everyone watching him ride through the bike jam that day. The kid was in his element. Mendoza shared that his son was recently diagnosed with type 1 diabetes, and because of it, he's been searching for a non-contact sport to keep him safely active. He said he thinks they found it in biking. As Junior zoomed through the bike jam course on a yellow Minions bicycle, Daring to jump the bike ramps and rolling over bubble wrap with a satisfying grin, his smile was proof of it. Bike Walk Wichita sent Junior and his little sister home with new bikes and helmets that day. Thrilled to have met new friends and happy to assist with Junior's newfound interest in biking. Thank you Bike Walk Wichita volunteers, members, and donors for helping us complete another Missions Moments, putting your time and dollars into action. As our city opens back up, We want to definitely encourage you to continue shopping local and supporting these businesses who are working to make the city safer for you. REI at K96 in Greenwich carries high-quality adventure gear, clothing, bikes, and lightweight camp gear and food to support your next hike or bike. Cargill Soybean and Biodiesel Plant is located on 13th Street and is producing renewable and clean-burning fuel from waste vegetable oils, fats, and restaurant grease for use in diesel vehicles. We are so excited to partner with Renewable Energy. Trek Stuff helps elevate our adventures by installing hitches, bike racks, and anything you need to haul your bike and adventure gear, so drop on by. Bicycle Peddler and Bicycle Exchange not only provide you with a large selection of bikes and gear, they also have been advocating for bike lanes, trails, and safety improvements for decades. Thank you. And I've noticed both have rides, especially weekly, so definitely check those out. Kansas Department of Transportation provides an annual grant for BikeWalk Wichita to purchase lights for all of our bikes that roll out of recycle and they support our Operation Firefly outreach to help make our streets safer for all users. W, formerly known as the Young Professionals of Wichita, has provided a grant to increase outreach and host the ICT Field Day event, so make sure you come on out for that. 
Visionary Print can help you with your podcast, video, and promotional materials. Thank you to all of these sponsors for going the extra mile and really helping us transform Wichita into, you know, a much more livable, accessible, connected city. So we really appreciate their support and uh, make sure you tell them thank you for their support of Bike Walk Wichita and of our efforts this year. Hi there, I'm Alan Kaler, and today we're talking with the newest city council member for Wichita, Jared Sorello, uh, representing District 3. Welcome to Bike Walk Wichita. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. We're, we're glad to have you. We're looking forward to the conversation. Thank you. Um, can we begin by just asking you to introduce yourself? Tell us what we need to know about you as a city council member and member of the community. Well, my name is Jared Cirillo. Um, I am a lifelong South Wichita resident. I was uh, born and raised near 55th Street South and Broadway. And uh, when I bought my first house and I grew up and got old enough and in my mid-20s and bought my first house, I bought my first house just a mile away near 63rd Street South and Hydraulic, and I've lived there ever since. So I'm uh, I am a born and bred, not only a Wichitan, but a South Wichitan. So that's kind of why I think I... Uh, um, was the best choice for this for this seat because I I'm passionate about things all things Wichita and not only Wichita but South Wichita uh, because I've I've lived worked and played my entire life on the South Side I know some of the unique problems that the South Side has and that we've dealt with for all of my life that I that I can think of um, uh, but yeah I that's a little bit about me I, I've I've lived my entire life on the South Side when I uh, was 19 years old, I went to work at KFDI Radio here in Wichita, and I started out on the on the bottom, you know, doing the chasing the cops and robbers on the weekend overnight shift at KFDI. But that was that was my thing. I always wanted to be a police officer, but anyone who knows me knows that I'm I'm not very big. I'm a small, skinny, <laughs> scrawny little guy. So. Uh, the the police officer just it it, it just wasn't going to happen. So I did the next best thing and chased cops and robbers and became a news broadcaster. So I started out at KFDI working on the overnight weekend shift and and um, I worked my way up over the course of fourteen almost fifteen years to becoming the assignment manager at KFDI. And uh, let's see, I went to work there in 1993, a little, uh, a little less than a year after I graduated from high school. And I spent almost 14 years there. And in 2007, I went to work at Cake Television, the ABC affiliate here in Wichita. And I worked there for about seven or eight years. And so I, I have always, based on my news reporter experience, I've always been in touch with um, telling people stories and connecting with so many people in the community, um, not only everyday folks, but people at City Hall that make things work in our city, um, land developers that are looking for opportunities to develop our city and make our city move forward. Our city is always growing and we need to make sure we're growing the right way. Um, and I've experienced growth in my own lifetime when the land that I grew up on down on the south side, when I was young, wasn't even in the city limits of Wichita. We were annexed in the 80s. 
I was born in the mid-70s, but we were annexed in the mid-80s when I was still a young boy. And then the land that I bought when I bought my first house also was not Mm -hmm. in the city limits. And a few years after I bought it, we were annexed. So I kind of have a unique perspective about how the city grows. And the city is always growing, and we need to make sure we're growing the right way um, and growing in, in ways that foster um, good good growth and uh, you know a lot of people worry about taking you know land grabs and things like that um, but the city is getting to a point now where where I live we're expanding so close into Derby and Hayesville now so we have to we have to have good relationships with with the out- cities on the outskirts mm-hmm. as well they have their needs and we have our needs as well but one thing that has always been top of mind with me living on the outskirts of the city is transportation. Mm-hmm. It, how you know, We have such a problem in the city of Wichita with a mindset of people, have, they have to have their cars. Mm-hmm. No matter where they go, they have to have their cars. And that's, that's just our way of life here. Um, mm-hmm. lo, you know, take mm-hmm. it or leave it, that's just our way of life. Um, but I think we need to look at ways to change that mindset and make our city more transit friendly and uh and yeah i've probably gone a little <laughs> way too far but but that's a that's a little bit about myself i grew up on the south side i've lived here my entire life and i'm, I'm very passionate about all things wichita great so how is it and, and why is it that you became interested in the city council How'd that come about? i had always because of my job um, i've always been close with city council members county commission members school board members um, I guess you could say the the movers and shakers of Wichita. You know, I've always been close. I've 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 inter- interviewed them for their stories. I've um, I've listened and learned with them, uh, and that's why I think I I have a unique responsibility, a, a unique look at not always being an actual participant of what's going on, but following them closely and looking into them from the outside. So that's why I think I was kind of uniquely qualified to be chosen for this position. All right. So you did touch on it just a little bit, but let's talk about it a, a little more. What what has been your experiences with walking and biking and, and transit in Wichita? Living living on the outskirts. We have, we have two different, and, and a lot of cities have have these problems and not necessarily problems it's just the way cities are there are two different lifestyles there's a lifestyle of very urban delano old town downtown area um, where people find it more accessible and easier to walk bike use transit but people on the outskirts and this is where our city has kind of fallen behind i believe People on the outskirts don't have those opportunities. The, if they if they want to bike and if they want to walk, they have to want to do it. They can get in their cars and go anywhere across town in 15 minutes. And I'm not I'm not lying. That's a good problem to have in in a metropolitan area. <clears throat> pardon me. In a metropolitan area of a half million people, that's a good problem to have to be able to get to Mays in your car in 15 or 20 minutes. Maybe not at rush hour, but 
But on the other hand, we have no options in this city, really, to use public transportation to do those same things. And that's where I really think we need to work on, and I, I want to bring a new, um, a new mindset to the city council about how we deal with public transportation in this city. Because of our lack of public transportation, it makes it harder for people, even leisure people who are, who are biking and walking for leisure activities, it makes it harder for them to do that because they can't, let's say if I wanted to bike out to Kingman or something, you know, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. the case may be, you you have to be able to get back to where you you know you can't mm-hmm. use any sort of public transportation to get back to where or to get to wherever you want to go mm-hmm. so it it makes it hard um in ter- in in terms of leisure biking and walking as well it would it would be so much easier if we had mm-hmm. a good public transportation infrastructure in place one of the things that we have focused on uh, particularly recently is at bike walk wichita is uh <laughs> focusing on it on at the neighborhood level. We started a program we call the Neighborhood Connectors, uh, where we're asking people to volunteer to become involved in their neighborhood, to understand what the needs are in the neighborhood, and then uh, help us uh, to work with the neighborhood to address those needs. What kind of needs do you have in your neighborhood, uh, and, and what is your thinking about what the best way to address those needs are as far as transportation well in at the, our at the neighborhood level and in fact when i can speak for my own neighborhood and i'll be real honest with you i don't think people in my neighborhood are thinking about those issues and again therein lies the problem mm-hmm. why why mm-hmm. why aren't we thinking about these issues and again it's because you can get in your car and go anywhere you know even to the grocery store but that brings up a problem of low-income, lower-to-moderate-income neighborhoods who maybe can't afford a car. They don't have options in this city, to, especially in, in South and Southeast Wichita, where we have a terrible problem of a lack of grocery stores. Um, they don't have um, an option even to get fresh food if they don't have a car, or it's very expensive to just go to the grocery store. And so I, th- I think that's a significant problem in many of our neighborhoods, especially in District 3, where we have the most, I would say we probably have, if not, it's pretty close to the most diverse makeup of people in the entire city of Wichita, from not only uh, black, white, Asian, but from the socioeconomic level as well. We have, we have very poor people in District 3, mm-hmm. all the way up to the range of retired people who make six and seven figures, you know. On, and, but again, most of those people are on the outskirts, mm-hmm. and they don't think about public transportation, and um, they can afford bikes and, and things like that. Lower income people, that's more of a challenge. So I think in terms of a neighborhood issue, we need to be thinking about how to connect especially low and moderate people, moderate in- income people to um, just being able to get around without having to have a car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What, uh, on a broader uh, level, 
what's one thing that uh, the, the city could do to, to make that possible? Uh, the city has gone a long way in the last uh, decade, I'd say, in adding bike lanes. Mm -hmm. um, I believe it started, it started way before my time on the council. But I, I remember I would come out of downtown on 1st and 2nd Street and see those bike lanes. And I admit, I'm at fault for admitting all the time. I'm like, why did the city do this? You know, why there, I, I travel up and down 1st and 2nd Street all the time, and I never see any bikes in, that, in those lanes. <laughs> why did the city do this? Mm -hmm. But I realize now how important it is. And now that those things are accessible, now I am seeing more people on bikes and scooters in those bike lanes. We have continued to develop more and more bike lanes, especially in the downtown area, the core area. And I want to see that expanded all throughout more parts of the city mm -hmm. so we can make it accessible for people to get, you know, ri riding a bike in the street is a dangerous thing, you know, mm -hmm. and if they're, mm -hmm. I'm sure you know very well, yeah. um, if we don't have dedicated bike lanes, we're not very friendly to mm -hmm. all forms of transportation. So I think we need to continue, if I were to say that's the one, the one thing that's top of mind for me is to continue to um, build bike lanes throughout town. I was just listening to a uh, webinar put uh, on by Jeff Speck, who is one of the nationally known consultants in the area of, of, of planning and, and, and urban design. And he was saying that um, it is, it is very clear that uh, building uh, bike and walking facilities is important, but what's really important is that you have a full network of, of uh, facilities, that just building a bike lane someplace doesn't accomplish a whole lot until you have the complete network because people can't use that to get any place. Uh, and to a large extent, that's where we are in Wichita. Yeah. Uh, we have uh, built uh, the easy things. We have the pa bike paths along the river. We have the bike lanes along First and Second and Market and Topeka, where the and, and a couple of other streets where there were clearly uh, more traffic lanes than what were necessary to carry yep. the, the traffic there. But um, we don't have uh, necessarily the connection between those very prominent uh, facilities and all of the, the different neighborhoods. For example, down where, where uh, you live, um, you know, getting up to uh, one of the bike lanes, you, you know, it's, it's difficult. You, you, you probably it's hard. Not, you're, <laughs> most people are not going to be want, want to ride on hydraulic yeah. up no, to the, uh, no, not at all. To the, to the bike lane. So, and I remember, uh, sorry to interrupt you, but yeah. I remember this kind of goes into <clears throat> into all forms of, of transportation. When I was still working at Cake, I did a story many years ago about using public transportation in Wichita, and this was about this was about the time when we first got the bike racks on on city mm -hmm. buses. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, and that was a big deal. It's, our city buses didn't even have bike racks on them, so <laughs> people who who were wanting to use their bikes couldn't couldn't use the city buses unless they wanted to take their bike inside the bus, and that's just not possible. Um, but I did a story about what it would take for me, myself, to commute 
from my home to my workplace at that time, my home near 63rd and Hydraulic, to my workplace near 13th and West Street at that point. Mm -hmm. Four hours one way using mm -hmm. public transportation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So we're looking at four hours one way, an eight to 10 hour work day, mm -hmm. and four hours home. Mm -hmm. We're looking at 16, 14 to 16 hours a day. Mm -hmm between work and commuting. Mm -hmm. That's just not acceptable mm -hmm. in a metro of a half million people. Mm -hmm. And that brings up the, the point. I found out that I would even, from where I live, to get to the closest bus stop, I would have to walk or bike four miles oh, wow. to get to the <laughs> oh closest bus stop from yeah. me. Yeah. That's just, it's just not... We, we have fallen so mm -hmm. far behind mm -hmm. in public transportation mm -hmm. in this city, and we have to do something about it. Well, we are, although we are named Bike Walk Wichita, <laughs> uh, we are also very big supporters of transit. We see that they're very, very much integrated. Yeah. Uh, as you say, have the bike racks on, on the buses, and uh, a lot of people can use uh, walking or, or biking, obviously walking, but also biking to get to the bus stops and so forth. So I think that the, the transit is definitely a key component of that. And fortunately, uh, again, before your time, but uh, propitiously, nevertheless, <laughs> uh, the city has hired a, a great transit director. Mike uh, Mike, Tan. Mike Tan has great uh, some uh, uh, great ideas. And uh, certainly, if you're uh, looking for ways to uh, improve the transit system, I'm sure uh, he can give you some ideas. So. Um, A number of people have said that one of the prime goals uh, for Wichita is to uh, rebuild its economy uh, right now. Um, what do we need to do to rebuild our economy, in your view? We have to think, it, we're, we're coming out of, and fortunately, I think we've hit rock bottom with the pandemic. I certainly hope so. Um, but we are coming into an age in this city where we have a great opportunity and we can't miss it. We have, we, we've talked for years and years about Wichita's problem of not retaining young talent. We have to figure out, we have to get minds together and we have some great people that are doing some great work um, trying to come up with solutions to that problem of attracting and retaining young professionals to our city. Um, Wichita Wichita's always been an aviation city, probably always will, and that's not a bad thing either. But we have to diversify, and coming in this economy, coming out of this pandemic, um, I think we need to be thinking about um, more opportunities for remote workers in, in this city. Because of the pandemic, it forced so many employers to think outside the box in getting their work done while keeping their workers at home. And so many employers figured it out. And now it's a little bit of a problem we have for the downtown area because there's been sort of a, I won't say mass exodus, but there's been some sort of exodus in workers that are no longer occupying downtown office space and may not come back because the employers have figured out that it's cheaper to keep their workers at home 
And so I think we have a great opportunity to attract, come up with, with economic incentives or, or some ways to uh, attract not only young people, but all people of all walks of life and all industries to um, come to Wichita to work from home. Now, how is it? You know, you think about that. How do you do that? Because you can work from home anywhere, you know? Mm -hmm. Go to Belize and work from home. I wish I could. But um, so maybe it's some sort of incentive um, um, in attracting people and, say, coming up with some sort of a pot of money. It says, you know, we will give you $1,000 if you relocate to Wichita to work from home if you have a remote job mm-hmm. and stay for a year mm-hmm. or whatever. Mm-hmm. After that one year, you get some sort of incentive. Mm-hmm. So those are just some of the ideas I have about attracting um, and retaining talent in Wichita. Um, but again, I think we have a great opportunity that can't be missed in, in trying to retain some of that talent. But that's, that's the biggest issue in, in this economic recovery is I think we have to think in terms of um, more internet-based things, remote workers, things, things like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Does active transportation, biking and walking in transit, have a role in attracting uh, a talent? <laughs> uh, yes, I think so, because I think you have major industries. If, if we don't have good amenities... Mm-hmm. Thing, if we don't have things for major indus, major companies' workers, like Amazon or whatever, if we don't have things for them to do in Wichita, they look at those things. They look mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. Um, making sure their employees are going to be happy in their mm-hmm. leisure life mm-hmm. as well. Not only in their work life, but are is the workforce going to be happy when they go home at night? Mm-hmm. And if they aren't, major industry may not like Wichita. We may lose out to another city that might be smaller or, or whatever it may be. We may lose out to another city because we don't have appropriate leisure activities for their workforce. Mm-hmm. There are a couple of things that I've read recently that are uh, similar to what, what you're saying. The Wichita Business Journal had a forum, oh, maybe a month or so ago, uh, talking about uh, attracting talent and so forth, and uh, a couple of the, uh, the writers on that uh, indicated that they thought that cities needed to focus more. Historically, they have focused on attracting big companies and so forth, and although that probably not, they'll probably continue that. Uh, that uh, because of the kinds of things that you're talking about, they needed to focus more on attracting the employees uh, and uh, making the, the lifestyle uh, more attractive to, mm-hmm. to the individuals. Uh, lifestyle. That was, that was the word that I was looking okay. for. Okay. Lifestyle. If you don't have a good lifestyle for mm-hmm. your workforce, you know, mm-hmm. it's, they become less productive mm-hmm. in the workplace. Mm-hmm. So we have to think about those things. Then the other thing I read... Uh, Pre-pandemic, W, the um, young professional section of the Chamber of Commerce did a survey of uh, uh, their members uh, asking what was 
their primary factors in choosing a place to work, a, a city to go to work. And of course, uh, the um, economic factors, the job-related factors, the, the salary and benefits and stuff were, were at the top of the list. But uh, after all of the job-related factors, the most significant things that uh, were cited there, with over 80% saying that, it, that they were important, was having a, a walkable, vibrant downtown and then having uh, nearby opportunities for outdoor uh, recreation and mm -hmm. so forth. So uh, clearly they're, they're focusing on um, things like walking and, and biking as uh, key elements yeah. of, the, of that quality. Because the younger, the younger demographic, they, they want to be around more people typically mm -hmm. than those of us in the older <laughs> segment mm -hmm. that um, I, I, now granted I grew up on the outskirts and always wanted to stay out there and wanted to have my acre of ground and but most a lot of younger people want they 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 are okay with being in a more uh, communal setting mm -hmm. and younger people are again also more willing to use public transportation and, and again it's a more communal setting and we've made great strides in in the downtown area in in the past decade 10 20 years in um making um new apartments we have we have lots of new new living arrangements available in the downtown area um now we're getting to the problem where again Back to grocery stores. We don't have a grocery mm -hmm. store in the mm -hmm. downtown area. I mm -hmm. think we're getting to the point now, if not, we're pretty close to where downtown probably could support uh, a small, you know, not a Walmart or something, but um, mm -hmm. a small grocery store of, of some sort. I want to look into that a, as mm -hmm. well. Mm -hmm. and, and, and again, uh, that gets back to the area of we have to provide we have to make sure everything is there in in that downtown area so people don't have a reason to get in their cars and they can hop on their bike and mm -hmm, just mm -hmm. or just walk to mm -hmm. the grocery store mm -hmm. and those opportunities aren't there in downtown Wichita right now in terms of generating opportunities like that and and more favorable environment uh, Wichita actually has done a great job in adopting uh, policies that uh, uh, favor uh, those kinds of things uh, and particularly favor uh, walking and biking. We have a what's called a, a multimodal uh, transportation policy. We have a master bicycle plan. We have a master pedestrian plan. Um, and uh, like I say, have, have some great policies in place. But as an advocacy organization and trying to see actual improvement, we've sometimes been <laughs> frustrated by the fact that there doesn't seem to be a lot accomplished once those yeah. policies are adopted, that actually seeing changes on the ground seem to uh, be a little slow. Are we being uh, too impatient about that? Or what can we do to uh, actually see the implementation carried forward on those? I've heard a lot, and I've, I've felt this way myself, is that... Wichita has always had a problem for many years of, of building big buildings or coming up with big plans but not following through. Yeah. Take Century 2, for, in, for instance, which was built in the late 1960s. We built this big, beautiful, grand building, but then at some point we stopped taking care of it, mm -hmm. you know. 
Um, we came up with the Wichita Downtown Streets conceptual plan. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the plan talks about identifying, identifying ways to improve safety and mobility downtown. It talks about providing a framework for designing our streets downtown that, um, that meets current and future needs. It, 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 it wants to make sure everything is financially feasible as well. Um, and also has broad support, not, I, I shouldn't say a support from only a small segment of, of the population, but we need to make sure the plans we come up with have broad support as well. And also the, the conceptual plan, we need to make sure it includes a clear and realistic guidance in moving, as you mentioned, from this plan mm-hmm. to action actual action and wichita's always had that problem mm-hmm. of, of about inaction mm-hmm. we, we dream big that's not a bad thing to do I, I i dream big i would hope everyone dreams big um we need to start coming up with ways of following through on those dreams and those plans that we make you mentioned the downtown streets plan, and that you're right. That is another another plan that uh, has some great uh, concepts in it. We're very much in, in support of. Uh, it is, however, just a, a, a conceptual plan at this time, and uh, we'd love to see that implemented. Another uh, plan that has been adopted uh, is the Places uh, for People plan that uh, the City Council approved in, in 2019. And uh, I understand that uh, there's actually going to be some uh, action kind of teed up on that, hopefully uh, soon. Uh, we're also uh, supporters of the Places for People, not so much as in itself, or you know, uh, but uh, we believe that uh, and think it's very clear that communities that encourage biking and walking are safer. Uh, they're stronger economically and culturally, they're healthier, uh, and therefore communities should encourage that as much as possible. And that's exactly what the Places for People plan does. We know there, there are lots of issues with that. Uh, there are lots of uh, details that need to be uh, thought through on the Places for People plan. Uh, I understand that the land bank is the first portion of that that's uh, scheduled to be brought up. So. Uh, we're, we're very much supportive of that because it encourages the biking and, and walking. Uh, and we'd like to see that uh, implemented and, and, and brought forward. And a couple of notes, a couple of items I might add about Places for People and Land Bank. Uh, just last week, or just this week, uh, y- yesterday, we, the council um, approved about $340,000 to begin the Land Bank program. Mm-hmm. Or I shouldn't say begin the Land Bank program. The money is being set aside. Mm-hmm. So when the land bank program does begin, the money will be there mm-hmm. to help fund it and to help make sure it's sustainable. Mm-hmm. Uh, the land bank program, uh, I think, has, has, uh, will make some great opportunities in changing our neighborhoods, changing some of our uh, low to moderate income neighborhoods that we've, we've, we've seen some of these concepts already in the past decade um, areas around uh, 9th and Grove 9th Street up to 13th Street east of Grove um, where neighborhoods have been transformed by mostly charitable organizations 
Habitat mm-hmm. for Humanity, mm-hmm. Jacob's Ladder, mm-hmm. um, others that aren't coming to the top mm-hmm. of my head right now. Um, in in District 3, my district, we've also seen um, a great neighborhood transformation down by the area north and west of 47th and Hydraulic, where mm-hmm. Habitat for Humanity has built 45 single-family homes in that area that are all owned by the people who live there. And uh, I'm sure you're familiar with the Habitat for Humanity program, but people Mm -hmm. um, help build their own homes. They provide sweat equity in in building their own homes. They have to become, they have to be income eligible to get the home, but they actually have a a no interest loan on it and they have to pay the, Mm -hmm. the mortgage off just like anyone else. Yes, it's, it's not as expensive as a regular mortgage. It's, It's a no interest loan. Um, but these are great opportunities where we're changing neighborhoods. The Places for People program, um, I have some concerns about some of the zoning and um, notification mm-hmm. processes that are involved with the current document, the current Places for People document that's in front of us right now, um, about notifying people when zoning changes take place. Um, the current plan, I don't think, goes far enough in notifying neighbors we want to be good stewards to our neighbors about when when things change right or when you know you Mm -hmm. you don't want a big gas station or a landfill or something going in right next to you i'm that's an extreme obviously but i'm uh, we we need to make sure all of our neighbors are being notified and the city is being transparent um in that notification process about people or or developers who are requesting zoning changes so I, I think I think there are some the places for people plan is a great plan I think it's a wonderful step in the right direction and I think it'll go a long way in um, in providing more opportunities for biking and walking and public transportation as well mm-hmm. but I do have some concerns with it and we'll we'll go over those concerns over the you know with my with my district advisory board members and and things like that so good but we'll get it passed good good so we've been talking a little bit about some of the citywide policies and so forth let's focus back in a little bit on district three one of the things that uh, recently uh, been happening in district three is the uh, reconfiguration of mountain uh, to uh, uh, include uh, bike lanes that's uh, slowly progressing. Uh, we've got uh, the section from Oliver to uh, Woodlawn that has been in place for, for a little while now. Have you been by there? Are you yep. familiar with yep. those? I, I'm, I'm up and down South Broadway all the time, mm-hmm. and um, the work is progressing. I, it's still closed at the last I was there last week, I think, but uh, um, the work is progressing. I'm anxious to see um, how those bike lanes will be incorporated and how often they'll be used. But again, I see it as when we first saw the bike lanes on First and Second Street, my my own visual experience was nobody was using them. But now that they're there, or they will be there, mm-hmm. hope it will it will provide more opportunities for people to uh, get out and leave their car at home. Mm-hmm. The other thing about the, besides the bike lanes themselves, there are several uh, popular places along there. Uh, uh, Clap Park at, at, at one end, and then there's an elementary school just across uh, Oliver. 
Uh, there's Cessna Park down at the other end. Uh, there's the uh, uh, Armor uh, Bike Boulevard that crosses in the middle uh, there. Uh, but there are no markings on any of those for, for crossings. And it's, it's very clear that, that uh, putting markings on the road does alert drivers that there's possibly people there and so forth. Mm -hmm. It seems like it would make a lot of sense from a safety standpoint to have uh, those, those crossings that are being used uh, uh, more, more clearly marked. Is there something we can do to, to get that uh, uh, looked at? I will notate that, and <laughs> I right. will take that to uh, the uh, Parks and Rec, and, and I, I will take that up the chain, absolutely. Well, great. We would appreciate that. Thanks. Um, what can uh, citizens do to, uh, to improve uh, Wichita? What would your suggestion be to people listening that uh, what they can do to help improve Wichita? Overall, I would say get involved. We have a lot of people who like to complain about things that um, that aren't involved in the mm -hmm. process. Mm -hmm. If you aren't involved in the process, then just fight. Firing off emails, nasty emails to our, our leaders, which I'm quite honestly <laughs> learning a lot about in this, in this last month. You've received some, have you? <laughs> uh, but, but get involved. We have opportunities for all walks of life, many different boards and committees mm -hmm. on our, in our city uh, in terms of cultural funding, arts and humanities, bike and ped. The district advisory boards, each district has a district advisory board, and quite frankly, we have a lot of vacancies in, in those opportunities. And it's sometimes hard, I get it, people have their own lives and their own priorities. Um, but on the other hand, if we don't have um, a wide and diverse range of people that are involved, then we get kind of a limited aspect we, we 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 might tend to go in directions we that those you know the gre the the squeaky wheel gets the grease right get mm -hmm. involved that's that's my biggest thing uh, talk to us about board and committee advisory um, opportunities um, we have some great rec centers mm -hmm. in in the city of Wichita that oftentimes are underutilized mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I, w I would say that's the biggest thing is that I would advise people is to get involved. All right. So I'm going to throw you a little bit of a curveball uh -oh. here. I, I actually have been thinking that uh, I've done this all wrong. Uh, you've had a career in interviewing people and, and asking hard questions. Uh, so you know a lot more about it than, than I do. Uh, what questions should I have asked you that I, that I haven't? Uh, <laughs> Well, my goodness, and that's a question that I ask. I, I used to end all of my interviews with uh, with telling people or asking people, what is it that I haven't asked you that you want to get off your chest? Is there something important out there? Um, again, I think um, the biggest hurdle we face in Wichita is changing that mindset about how 
we use transportation and how we look at transportation, all forms of transportation, Mm -hmm. not just our cars, but our bikes and our feet and our buses. Um, And we've got a long way to go, Um, but I hope to keep bringing those issues up to the forefront Mm -hmm. because uh, quite frankly, I'll tell you, I don't think... I don't think we've had council members in the past who have focused solely or largely on on transportation issues, and so I I, I want to I hope to change that. Great, great. Well, we will certainly uh, do whatever we can to uh, to help you in that. We appreciate that. If someone wants to communicate with you, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? The best way is probably email. Uh, I I understand not everybody has internet and and email, but that's probably the best way. My email address is jcerullo, that's J-C-E-R-U-L-L-O, at wichita.gov. Or the main office number is 268-4331. And Lynn is a wonderful person, and she will get a hold of me and forward any calls and, and leave me lots of messages every day. So those are the two main ways to, to get a hold of me. And great. I do want to say uh, one thing. We have now interviewed all of the city council members, uh, and I've been very impressed that uh, everyone has been very accessible and very responsive uh, to input and so forth. I think uh, most City council members have a, a, a Saturday morning coffee, or they attend the district advisory boards where anyone can appear and so forth. I've actually been, been very impressed at the accessibility for our city representatives. So thank you for that. That's good to hear. I'll yeah. pass the word. All right. Well, thank you very much for your time. Uh, we appreciate it. I uh, appreciate your comments, and look forward to working with you. Thank you. All right. Thank you. Wow, uh, that was a really great in-depth interview with Council Member Jared Sorello. And, you know, as a District 3 resident, I'm really grateful to hear from him because he, you know, was installed, you know, by mm-hmm. City Council for, I don't know, the next several months uh, and then will be up for re-election this November mm-hmm. uh, in the general elections. Uh, it's really great to kind of learn a little bit more about him and uh, kind of his approach on the council. So yeah. I think it's important to get to know all of your decision makers and understand their position on the things that you're passionate about. And we're obviously passionate about biking, walking, and the equitable transportation around our city. And I hope that we can work with Jared and work with all of our decision makers on making our city much more equitable and transportable for people who bike, walk, have strollers, have wheelchairs, all of these different transit options that meet their needs. I agree. So thank you, Alan, and to Councilmember Jared Sorello for the interview. For the volunteer spotlight, we would like to recognize Judy Wells as the exceptional volunteer for the month of June. Judy has been a volunteer for Bike Walk Wishaw for the past four years and was one of our very first home ec leaders. Home Ec is short for the home mechanic. Judy comes to our recycle shop to pick up bicycles that need repairs. Then a week or so later, she brings them back repaired and ready to to go out. She has volunteered over 780 hours and has consistently offered to continue to help repair bicycles for the recycle shop and for people in need of transportation. Thanks for your hard work and continued support, Judy. 
If you are interested in volunteering for Bike Walk Wichita, we have a whole host of opportunities, events, crafts, uh, bike mechanic repairs, mm -hmm. anything you can think of. Right. Um, your, your skills have a home somewhere within Bike Walk Wichita, and we'd love to have you join us. Absolutely. So you can find the link below at bikewalkwichita.org slash volunteer to find those different opportunities or just contact us directly. Well, it looks like our time is up. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope to see you around town. If you are interested in taking action, connecting us with your neighborhood, or have an idea, please let us know. And thanks to the huge increase in biking and walking, BWW has an ever-growing network of friends who love shopping local. If you know of a business that could benefit from our hyper-local marketing, contact us and we can share our 2021 sponsorship packet that includes a customized plan for the entire year. That wraps up our show today. Extra thanks to Alan and City Council member Jared Sorello. Amy, and to all our volunteers for the awesome interviews, stories, and all the amazing work that they do to make the magic happen. Thank you, Kim. We'll see you out and around town.